From the Hill Country in Texas, broadcasting worldwide, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant good morning to you. Hey, hey, hey. How you doing? It's March 20th. Dr. Massey and I were just discussing that like something kind of fun happens on the 21st of March. Maybe one of you would Google that and tell me, is it first day of spring maybe or something, something like that. Maybe it was, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It just sticks in my little, whew, the first day of March 21st. Well, uh, here we are. Our phone lines are still down. The freeze-pocalypse crushed a few lines and <laughs> you call the phone company. It's in the mail, but uh, so you have to email if you'd like to participate, which uh, you're always invited to do. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. If I knew how to do the phone thing, you could almost text, but that would be way too much for this little pea brain of mine. Um, tomorrow we're going to talk with uh, John Venus, John was a vegan for a long time, and a vegan mom, a vegan wife, vegan kids. All of a sudden, his little kid's teeth start coming out brown. So what's up with that? So John's a bodybuilder, has half a million people. He's a rock star on YouTube, health, fitness coach guy, but no longer a vegan. We're going to get his story tomorrow. And then on Wednesday, Adam Bergstrom 2.0, the third Wednesday, our friend Adam, yes, no, maybe. And then also a fellow who's into using some kind of electric to fertilize your organic garden. What's that about? So that'll be fun. And then that's it. That's it for the week. And then I'll be on tomorrow as well. So here we are, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. On the third Wednesday, we are honored to have a good friend of mine. He lives in Austin, Texas, where all the hippies live, is Dr. Richard Massey. He's an MD, defrocked, but he still is. Um, he still has a little... <laughs> <laughs> How was that def- I, I won't go into that. Yeah, Dr. Massey, long ago, to give you a story, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you a little story here, because Dr. Massey was out in Fredericksburg, and I went out to see him a couple of times, the first time I met him. And I said, man, this guy's crazy. I like him. He was doing all kinds of natural things out in Fredericksburg, Texas. And somehow the boys, the docs, the medical board found out about him. And he had to go before the board. And I went to one of his little hearings. And that was like going to the Hague court when they try to do a, a, you know, an international terrorist or something. You know, you just don't have a chance. <laughs> remember that day, Doc? Remember the day. I do. It's coming up next month, the anniversary of it. How long has it been? That would have been April of 2009. Was it? Well, was when it yeah. 14 years, 13 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Thank, and thanks for coming. All right, well. It was we, good to have some friends we, there, we tried, you know. Yeah, so. and, if you're going to fall apart, it's nice to fall <laughs> apart in front of people you know. You don't want to do it in front of total strangers. It's help, you know, yeah. if it can be helpful. 
But the long and short of it was that they just weren't pleased with a lot of the natural things you were doing, right? That was pretty much it, even though they could have said other, the, other things. Yeah. yeah. That was off the off-the-record thing when, right. the, when the guy who was the doctor and the lawyer affiliated with the board, he had a meeting and he said, look, you know, if you go back to doing anesthesia, uh, we don't see any problem with you keeping your license. But uh, if you're going to do this natural stuff, it's not going to go well for you. Really? And uh, I appreciated his honesty in hindsight, you know, um, it was just crystal clear. Um, <laughs> or as I said in the movie, for a few good men, are we clear? And he goes, Crystal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that yes. one. So when they take away your license, you're still an MD. You can still do stuff. And I think you found right. out over the years you can do more stuff. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you have to have some friends on the other side if you're going to do some of the things. And and there are folks who still have active permit to support what I do. They they know it's good, so they help out. Yeah, yeah. But the only thing you really can't do is prescribe drugs, right? Right, and, and collect from Medicare and insurance. Okay. Which you probably wouldn't do anyway. Right. right, right. I wasn't doing <laughs> you see, that so it was a blessing. We should just celebrate the yeah. day. Celebrate. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. That doesn't take I into mean, account I'm when you. I'm closer to celebration than I was in 2009. I'm closer. Yeah, closer. It's closer. It's, yeah, I know. When well, it comes up, I have to admit, I still feel a little squeeze in there. So do you really? there's. A, oh yeah. I mean, I, so I'm going through. <laughs> my mind and, and sending blessings to all the people whose faces from the board I'm remembering. Uh, it's a good thing to rehearse and do over yeah. and over yeah. just to keep clear. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I'll start thinking that, that they shouldn't have behaved that way. And the healthier thought for me is if I were them in that position, I would have done exactly the same thing they did. That's right. And once I really get that, then I'm kind of clear from that. Right. It's when I start thinking, I would have done a better job of being fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you're in trouble, right? Yeah. Yeah, then I'm in a bit of trouble there, Patrick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I did the same thing uh, with the IRS when I had my little escapade. Remember with them? How long ago was I that? I remember. Six, seven years ago, and... You know, they wanted to put me in an orange jumpsuit. You know, it was pretty weird. And uh, mm -hmm. our listeners stepped up to the plate and donated like $25,000, if you can believe it, to help. And I borrowed another 25000 to have an Do you believe that? Fifty grand just mm -hmm. to stay out of jail. Mm -hmm. And I would have gone to the right. pokey, too, without this fellow that I hired. Because mm -hmm. I did some creative things with my taxes because I've, you know, been a tax resistor. But... Uh, to your point, uh, I've, I've written several letters to the IRS and never mailed them. Mm -hmm. You know, I yes. love you. I know you were just doing your job. Seriously, I, didn't, you know, I know you're yeah. doing your job. I'm good. You know, I don't have any. It's I, we're fine. You know, yes. and I really mean that yeah. because they were. They were just doing their yeah. job. This is what they got paid to do. How can you hold? Yes. How can you hold them in contempt or anything like? 
Right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. When we unpolarize, even just our little bit. Yeah. When we unpolarize, we move a little bit closer to unity and balance, you know, rather than this them versus us. Yeah. 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 I remember the day it was, uh, what was it? It was, it was, it was, um, Halloween, you were on the show. And when it was back in the time when you used to come to the studio sometimes. Do you remember that morning? Yeah, yeah. We were downstairs after the show, 12 o'clock, knock on the door. Two people yeah. at the door with a lawsuit from the Justice Department. Hello. Was it's part of this mm-hmm. whole tax thing. And I, I can remember that moment. I went into the bathroom and <laughs> let go of a lot of stuff. I always remember that. Mm-hmm. And that was the start mm-hmm. of my little stomach thing. Yeah. We were out in the porch, remember talking about it, and I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's pretty weird when you get a thing like the Justice Department versus Patrick Timpone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See it in those big letters on a big official looking piece like, of paper. Okay, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Inquisition comes back into the primitive brain. You know, it's like <laughs> it's hilarious, boy. We the yeah. webs we weave, but you know, and you look back at it and you say, man. It was one of the best days of my life. Look what I've learned since then about this stuff, right? Yes, yes. And I'll just mention part of what I want to share today on the show is if, let's say, you had been married at the time and you had an infant child or a baby in the womb, the baby's nervous system would have carried the feelings for you. Mm -hmm. And it'll pass on for generations, so the baby does that just because it, it's in the womb and it loves me and it's know it's going to be my kid and, and yeah. that. And so it would, yeah, it wants to help balance the system. And that's the, this lady here, the ancestor syndrome. Let me put your, you know. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Ann Schutzenberger. She was the one who, who came up with a lot of this and actually diagrammed the specifics of it. <laughs> and... Ancestor syndrome, ancestor syndrome. Yes. So it'd be like, it would be like, so great uncle Patrick, you know, so you have this nephew, let's say, or great nephew, who's in the same conception order as you, who's a number two or a five or an eight. And uh, all of a sudden he starts having tax trouble Mm -hmm. or trouble with money. So we'd sit down and do an M-Wave session with him, and we'd be drawing the family tree, and we'd come up to great-uncle Patrick, and all of a sudden his little heart monitor would start beeping. And go, what is that? You know, what's going on? What do you know about Uncle Patrick? Well, I don't know. I'll have to go check. And then they ask, and they hear about this story, and then they realize that their nervous system is just lovingly remembering you and your story for the family. Once he realizes that, the money troubles somehow take care of themselves. Once he realizes that 
this is what he was doing, which is what your work is about with the recall healing, right? Yeah, once he realizes that is how his nervous system loves his great uncle Patrick mm. and remembers his story, oh. then he can have a heart conversation with his nervous system and say, hey, I'm the heart here. And there's a whole different way to show love for great uncle Patrick rather than repeating his financial trouble. There's a I'll different way to do that. that. He can show love for uncle Patrick other than carry yes. this in his nervous system. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the nervous system reprograms. You can do that with a family constellation or recall healing session, hypnosis, you know, a lot of techniques All for kinds that. Of stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but the heart the heart has a priority over the nervous system. And once we realize that, you know, the heart can go, hey, you know, there's a lot of ways to love great Uncle Patrick. Does, you know, this is one of them, you know, to, you know, get a letter from the Justice Department. You could do that. Um, or, you know, you can remember him another way. Hmm, hmm. A very good friend of mine sent me a video from a fellow by the name of Gabor Mate. Ever heard of him? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, yes. We, and we posted the video, and the video was all about the childhood lie that running our lives. And I thought of you, of course. And he talked about, um, I think his parents were uh, in the, you know, the Hitler thing and, you know, the internment camps, and, you know, he was around. And he actually worked with a, some specialist and did some kind of uh, magic mushrooms and saw saw this going on and when he saw it then he was able to to kind of release it but he he had no idea yeah. this was kind of running his 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 nervous system and that's interesting you've heard of mate huh yeah yeah we're kind of the last ones to know in this culture and <laughs> we we've talked about it before. <laughs> Yeah, with sustainable cultures, they do a village initiation at puberty. Mm -hmm. And all that gets reprogrammed so that you don't end up an adult, you know, wondering why your life isn't going as planned. Uh, um, you get a whole different nervous system program where we're not just, you know, repeating the same patterns over and over. So, so, so some cultures do a whole uh, ceremony thing to help the kid to reprogram themselves early on? Yeah, yeah, because we're going to reprogram at puberty anyway. You probably noticed that. Well, I, you know, I was <laughs> too busy being crazy, actually. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> so cultures that have been around for a while, they knew, hey, knew. this is a reprogram opportunity mm -hmm. you know so mm -hmm. and i'm thinking it was alberto viodo that i was listening to his story i'm not sure but they they dropped dropped the 13 year olds in a, a hole or a cave for three days and nights with no food or water and uh drummed and sang for them said we hope you make it but that everything you believe and perceive is you know it's a misunderstanding it's trying to save your mommy and your daddy and you don't know any better and wow you're, you're going to be a decent adult. You got to have a nervous system that's going to support seeing reality. All right. So 
then they come out of that hole, hopefully having a conversation with their true self after three days and nights of hunger and listening to wild <laughs> animals, you know. Um, that'll and, do it, you know, that'll do it. Uh, you know, yeah, you have a come to Jesus moment, uh, you know. And and then they're raised by different parents from 13 on. Really? Because if they go back to the same parents, the original program <clears throat> will reinstall. And they'll start trying to save mommy and daddy again, right? The energy of the household hasn't changed. So, hmm. so that's, that's kind of how. When we start uh, trying to save mom and dad, we take on a lot of their traits and issues and all kinds of things. Yes. And so we'll see if you can sort of see this or not. But this is, uh, this is from Dr. Renault's book. And, uh, this yeah. is the if you can move that little up a little one. bit there you go yeah. okay yeah the little one here like from conception to about one year old right um and this nervous system will take on whatever energy it needs to to help the parents be happy oh during the pregnancy and the infancy oh right mm -hmm. so it'll just do that and form itself or it, i mean it's the original biological love like, we weren't born in original sin. We were born in original love, right? Uh, yeah, I like that. And, and this is, yeah, this is where it's downloaded, right here. And so this, this little one's nervous system is willing to die, if necessary, to balance the family. Wow. Right? And unless this gets reprogrammed, mm -hmm. this little one will keep this for their entire life. And so I had, I wrote some questions up there basically for the people watching. And one of them is what challenges and traumas happened during this 30 month period. 30 months, so I mean, months prior to nine conception, months. nine months before yeah. conception and conception. Yes. Huh. Yeah. Cause whatever's going on nine months prior to conception, that's what the child is conceived in wow. that atmosphere. Hmm. Right. And then the you know the pregnancy and the infancy, and that's when the nervous system is all soft, like like, like wet cement. Hmm. So any handprint or footprint that comes along is gonna you know make a a print there, and once it hardens, it just stays that way. Mm -hmm. So it takes uh, it takes some effort and some realization to go back and you know re wet that cement and uh, smooth it over if you want a different print or something. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to look at the generational part, you may not be able to see these sentences, and that's okay. Uh, I'll tell you what they you are. You can move it up what a little bit. Oh, oh, you're up at the top there? You want to see it? Okay. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. It. I'm trying to. I see yeah, it. Yeah, 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 we yeah. see it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so what is the greatest negative shock of your life? And I ask people to write that down and put it on their timeline. Okay. And then the next question is, what is the greatest negative shock of your, your parents' life? your mother and your father, because that's what's going to be in the nervous system. Mm -hmm. And then what is the greatest ne negative shock of your grandparents' lives? Mm -hmm. And so when people can look at that and answer that, they begin to understand a lot of their blind reactions to things. Blind like, reactions, where they react without really thinking about it, really thinking it through. Mm hmm yeah. Huh. So when I go into the courtroom, <clears throat> the administrative courtroom, 
in the halls of justice. And uh, <laughs> my nervous system is going to react according to the generations before me, how they reacted when they were confronted with authority. How did that go? Mm-hmm. I I won't be having my personal reactions. My nervous system is going wrong. This is how how we have to act to keep the family system balanced. And if I don't know that and get some help so that my heart will be responsive rather than my my nervous system being reactive, well, it's going to be quite an uncomfortable experience. well, when you say reprogramming, though, that's that's kind of a loaded word. My understanding, what I've learned from you and others, and even this uh, Gabor Mate, is simply the awareness of this is pretty much all you need. And then you can say from a spiritual perspective as a soul, separate, yeah, yeah I don't need to do that. And then you're, it's over. Right. Then it's over. It's pretty fun. Yeah. And and the little the little trick in there is is that the nervous system <clears throat> once it knows we're up to that will give us fake awarenesses so that it can keep its original programming. What would that look like? A fake awareness. Family. Fake awarenesses. So that's when like a person says, "Oh, I get it. I I get why my big toe hurts." All right. And their big toe doesn't stop hurting. So they didn't get it. They got okay. a fake awareness of why their big toe was hurting. But that wasn't really the issue. Uh, that The awareness that Gabor Mate is talking about is an awareness that happens in an atmosphere of vulnerability and open-heartedness. Yeah. It's not some academic awareness like you and I were trained to think. Like you read it in a book or something. in the back of the book, right, you know, right, all you right. got to do is, yeah, do what Sister Mary says is the right answer. And <laughs> that's your awareness. Yeah. No, it's not like that. Okay. There's going to be mucus involved probably, you know, <laughs> some vulnerability, some Crying. tears. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, some rage, you mm-hmm. know, whatever's in there. Yeah, yeah. that's what's going to be going on, so. That's when you really get it, when you get it on a deep spiritual soul level. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Which is the old, the great saying, one of my teachers, that uh, spirituality has to be caught and not taught. Ooh. Ooh. Are you saying it's contagious, Patrick? (laughs) It's contagious. I should go put on a mask here, you know? (laughs) It's a great line, isn't it? And it's true. Right. And as one of my first teachers, I said before the show, and a title of my latest, well, second screenplay is Look and See. So I would ask him questions. This was 30, 40 years ago. You know, how is, you know, how does this work? You know, I was really trying to figure this whole thing out. And he said, well, look and see. He just, I get goosebumps when yeah. I say that. I'm going to start to cry. Yeah. But he would just want me to look, yeah. you know, see how yeah. it works. And then you can say, whoa, okay, that's interesting. And you can read about it all day long. Right? Just yeah. like you're saying, that's a beautiful thing. See, now you got me crying already, man. What's up with that? Yeah, no, that's a good thing. I know. We're on the cusp of spring. I've been crying a lot lately. I mean, I can watch <laughs> movies and just like, boom, boom, I'm just 
It's like, I love it. It's like, and I do it when I'm yeah. the happiest and the most, um, yeah. you know, the most fulfilled and my screenwriting is going well and everything. And the more happier I am, the more I cry. <laughs> What's that about? Yes. Yeah. I agree. I've been doing the same thing. I, I, did I tell you last time? I can't remember. If we'd already done the constellation about uh, the woman who had had multiple miscarriages and wanted to carry a child to term. Did I mention that one? I don't know. No, that one uh, miscarriage. No, I don't think so. Go ahead and tell that story. Okay. So uh, she wanted to do a constellation and see if it would help her carry a child to term to find out what might be blocking that. And uh, so I asked her to choose somebody in the group to represent herself and somebody to represent the child she was longing to carry to term. And no one knows who they are. These two people who are representing, they don't know who or what they are. But the one who represents the child that she's longing for is struggling for words and saying things like the love that I'm feeling in my chest is, is just this huge explosive love that's beyond my capacity to express. Um, I mean, it touched everybody in the room deeply to hear him struggle with trying to describe the love that we are before we come into this world. Um, and so the, the consolation had a beautiful ending to it. Everybody cried. It was beautiful, heart opening. And then the next morning I woke up and on my YouTube feed. So I have these little YouTubes that pop up, you know, and I can look at them or not. There was this one by a guy named Christian Sundberg. And the title of it was, I remember my pre-birth experience. Hmm. And normally I wouldn't click on that. But because of the constellation the night before, I clicked on that. And I really resonated with this guy's story and ended up getting his audible book, which is free. It's called A Walk in the Physical. And he spoke about the process of coming from the realm in which we're infinite love. And the idea is something like this. So in this realm that we're in before coming to earth, mm -hmm. we're just pure infinite love. Yes. And he came across a being, these, are, these were his best words, that had some kind of extra glow. Mm -hmm. And he asked this guy, how did you get this? And he said, uh, or she said, uh, I did physical incarnations on earth. And he goes, well, let, where do I sign up for that? You can get a glow like this. I, you know, I want to go sign up. And the other being kind of laughed and said, uh, I mean, you don't know how hard it is. I mean, that's a, <laughs> it's not an easy gig going, going down to earth. But he was persistent. And so all these guides and technicians showed up and he talked about how the mechanics of uh, creating our soul contract, what we're coming down here to do, um, and what it's like to go from an infinite being of light and love 
into someone's womb Mm. Uh, and uh, and how challenging that is and how a person has to agree to that he said he actually had to spend time in what's called a veil acceptance simulator device wow yeah where like people learn how to fly airplanes in a simulator he would sit in a simulator and practice over and over going from the vibration of infinite love to going down to a planet where fear Hmm. is in the air everywhere Mm -hmm. right and not fighting that Mm -hmm. being willing to say yes to that and how much practice it took in the simulator to even be okay with doing that i mean i can feel myself wanting to cry now just hearing the way he described it is very matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's some kind of businessman or guy who kept this a secret for a long time. And he said, you know, if you tell people this, they think you're nuts. But <clears throat> it totally made sense because he was using the same language as the guy in the constellation the night before. Yeah. And and that's what got me was the the infinite love. And from there, it looks like. Well, this is a piece of cake. Go down to a place where there's war, no problem. You know, we're infinite love. Uh, we don't even know what it feels like to create a form that can actually biologically resonate with fear or rage, because that's just unknown there. Right. It's not our real essence. Yes. And so we create something that's analogous to a a video game character, but very, very real, very dense and very real. And what makes it real is we agree to forget our true nature. Yes. And come down here, and man, I'm telling you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, it, it, if you're listening to podcasts, I'm sure you can relate to this. It, it, you know, it's it hasn't been a smooth ride for a lot of us. Um, and the idea is this. From those beings up there, here's the thing. If a person agrees to come to Earth every single time they choose love over fear, it brightens all of creation. While they're not here. That, yeah, while they're not just while they're in these conditions. Yes. If they can choose love over fear, the whole creation becomes brighter. Right? And so this is this challenge is created to make it it's a big choice. It's ah, I've chosen fear so many times. Um like how do I avoid fear? That's you know rather than going in and saying how can i express love mm-hmm. how can i express joy um so i really resonated with that yeah oh, it f- feels right to me i've heard uh, yeah people that i know that have remembered things on the other side and they talk about they got training i think it's different for everyone everybody is unique and they'll get their training or experience in a different way. Like the girl that I met who picked her parents in the bubble. You know, I told you that story. She picked out which parents she wanted. I think it happens differently for everybody, but there was a Mm -hmm. fellow we used to interview years ago. 
his name is not in my consciousness at the moment, but he wrote books, Life Between Lives, and he talked to people in, in um, deep, um, what do they call that, hypnosis, and they talked about what happened in between their lives, and then they came back here. And, yeah. and they all talked about um, training, and they went to classes, and you know, figure out how they could do even better. But what's fun is this idea of what you say about then when we choose love over, over fear when we're here, incarnated in the physical, that the whole thing gets brought up a little bit, right? Because we're connected. Yes. Everybody gets up oh, just yeah. a notch, you know? Oh, just, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like yeast in yes. bread, you know, just... That's why we're here, isn't it? To help, to help everybody get happier. Why we get happier? Yes, yes. And and my part in this, at least for right now, is to change the stories of scary diagnoses, like you have breast cancer, right? Into a love story, like who is it you love so much? that you're trying to nurture them so much that your brain is having to activate stem cells in your breast to try to accomplish this superhuman nurturing. Who is it that you love that much? And so changing the fear story into a love story is uh, a lot of what Dr. Hammer did. And, and of course, all, dear old Joe Bear Renault. Yeah. So let, let's do. Sorry to interrupt, but let's do a little break here because the love story is a oh, cool yeah. thing. That's uh, the f- that. Oh yeah, that's the the mother load, right? It I, is. You talked about that last show, and you had the, all these things about the love story with the, between the bacteria and the exosomes, and people loved it. And yeah. so, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Stay right there, and we're going to uh, go to the love story after this one. If you've uh, not experienced or know much about this technology called molecular hydrogen. I invite you to to do some research. You can look for a show we did with Greg Hydrogen Man on BitChute or also on the audio. Uh, And he talks about hydrogen and the benefits. And the cool thing about it is that Many people believe, or talked about it, that it's the antioxidant. And the more and more I look at it, I don't think that's true. And Darko uh, Valchek has said as much. It's not, it doesn't do anything except it's food. It's really a life force or love or spirit, chi, mojo. And it's just like being out in the sun and uh, being in love or whatever. And it just helps the body to have more energy to do what it needs to do. And it knows what it needs to do and in what order it needs to do. So we can let go of a lot of, I want to fix this and fix that, and I want to kill this parasite and get rid of this candida and all that stuff, which I think is just all old technology and just, um, just not well thought out because I think it's all a love story and we don't need to kill anything. And the only reason we're <laughs> killing people 
around the world is because we think we need to kill people, kill things, in my opinion, in ourselves. And in my opinion, we don't. It's all been made up. From germs to the whole thing. Made up. So hydrogen is excellent. You can use promo code one radio and get the machine that we think this technology we believe is the you know the the highest form out there right now. It's made in Japan, and um, these these folks in Japan who are into hydrogen, they um, they're probably the most well-researched and informed people on hydrogen on the on the earth plane and they have hospitals where they use hydrogen they have some ambulance not all of them i was misinformed on that some of the ambulances depending on the medical university they're involved in uses hydrogen uh, they help people to recover more quickly from strokes with molecular hydrogen you can breathe the gas drink the water i had to make a couple of quarts every day and now I'm putting some sea salt in there and my sulfur and just do a couple quarts first thing in the morning and it's really, really powerful. So get yourself one. You can finance it. If you like, uh, you can do it over 12 months. Uh, put in your last four of your social. Boom, you're there. And it's very easy peasy um, to get the, the payment thing. And it's called Hydrofix or Holy Hydrogen, kind of like Holy Batman or Holy Crowbar. Molecular Hydrogen at Hydrogen at pat at OneRadioNetwork.com. I can figure it out. We got a really cool sale going on with um, Blue Shield right now. 15% promo code One Radio. That little slide says 10%, but it's 15%. For the next week or so, if you've been wanting to get one of these uh, units, it's called the Cube. They have all different styles and and uh, uh, prices, and, and uh, you can go on Blue Shield through our website, One Radio Network. Use promo code One Radio, fifteen percent off. You can have a personal little guy that you can. I've got one here. Let me reach behind me and grab it. And let me show it to you. It's pretty cool. One here. I have one I kind of put behind me because of all this equipment here. And I even have, I've got one, a cube up here that I got a cube downstairs. You know, it's way, you know, I'm Italian Scorpio. So I, you know, what's worth doing is worth overdoing. So I, <laughs> you know, so I do it. Uh, but uh, you can have this in your purse or pocket and you're running around in cell phone towers, and this works on the cells in the body. Here, Brandon will explain to you how it works. Previously, we talked with Brandon Amalani about his Blue Shield product to protect against EMFs in your home. The, the more connected we are, the more electromagnetic radiation we're going to have. So years ago, I'd play with Q-Links and just anything I can get my hands on that, whether I felt it working or not, I just wanted some kind of leverage against sure. electromagnetic radiation and those frequencies and how they affect the cellular biology. But then when I met Mark and started really getting deep to his technology and really looking at the microprocessing technology, I've never found any any EMF company that would not only to test on not only human blood and urine analysis, but also on animals, which totally weeds out the idea of placebo effect. I mean, the fact that you can plug these devices into a chicken farm, a factory farm for about 15,000 laying hens, 
And all of a sudden, the mortality rate, which is averages from 60 to 150 deaths per month, goes down to zero. I mean, it's pretty profound that a, a little device, a little energy device, could actually like create such a harmony and balance within the, the environment to where claustrophobic chickens that are crammed in together actually get along better and actually feel better. And, and oh. the, the, you know, the biological markers are improved over that one-year study. There's quite a bit of science with this Blue Shield product. You can see the ad on the front page. Promo code One Radio will get you a 10% discount. This works on the cells in the body. Very cool technology. Front page, Blue Shield, OneRadioNetwork.com. Uh, the more and more we look at this uh, in the last few years, we've understood that they're, in our opinion, well, we've never seen any evidence to contrary this, so we're going to just go with the fact until somebody proves otherwise that there's nothing that we catch. It's all been made up, so uh, pretty much the uh, diseases is caused by, uh, you know, stuff like Dr. Massey and we're talking about, uh, misunderstood love story with things carried on from mom and dad, and we... And then, you know, chemicals in, in the water and the food in the air and EMFs and um, stuff, you know, just stuff. You know, mostly toxic, you know, skin products we put on that we don't really read the labels very carefully and, and uh, cleaning products that have stuff in there that we breathe. And this is what causes disease. And we're, so we're always detoxing because these kind of things will leave the body because that the body is set up to do that. If, if they didn't, we'd all be dead by now. <laughs> we wouldn't even be here, you know. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, if you believe in chemtrails, and I'm not sure if they're real, but if you believe in all this stuff, well then, I mean, we'd all be dead if we weren't detoxing. So, right? I mean, what else? I mean, okay. So anyway, the, the, the point of it is, is that uh, if you sauna every day, I mean, this is like... The, the bomb. So amazing. I do one every every day and every evening and not what I do is what you should do because then you'll be crazy like me and, you know, and your husband will divorce you. So don't do that. But, um, uh, you know, uh, as sauna is really good. You, you sweat and uh, you uh, feel better. This technology is out of uh, Taiwan and Medical University and... Uh, if China invades Taiwan, I hope they don't take over the medical universities, but that's another, we won't go there this morning. But um, um, they're great, and you, you'll love it. It's uh, We have the best price you're going to find anywhere, $1,295 delivered in lower 48. Just email me, Patrick, at one radionetwork.com. Patrick, at one radio network.com 12.95 you get it and you'll have it in a few days you set it up and it takes about 10 minutes to set up and it's portable very comfortable very quiet no lrfs radio frequency things and it's it's just a beautiful thing and they've also shown proven that um you will detox more heavy metals of mercury and arsenic the teeth is also an issue of course for diseases, you know, the teeth, uh, but not, you know, mercury. And you'll detox more uh, urine after the sauna than you did before, and they've done studies on this, where they give them like an ETDA, so they, they, they do a little thing, I can knock, 
ask Dr. Massey about it, but they push it, you know, where they give you a little thing that helps pushing heavy metals out, and then they do the sauna, and then you do it again, and there's more heavy metals that come out, or not heavy metals, we should call them toxic metals, that come out in the urine after the sauna, so it's not only the sweat. So, you know, there's a you know there's a cool thing going on here. Check it out. Just email me, patrick1radionetwork.com, and I'll give you the I'll hook you up and get it get it going. Know the source on one radio network. Or as my uncle Tony used to say, know the sauce. No, he was, he was <laughs> Uncle Tony. Yeah, I mean, after last month when you were on and we were talking about viruses and bacteria and all the work going on, you know, with Kaufman and Cowan and viruses and the whole thing of being a love story. I mean, isn't that isn't that a cool way to, to look at it? I mean, wow, man. You know, rather than trying to kill things, yeah, you know, just uh, just a love story. You know, just I mean, just oh, uh, our engineer uh, Harold. No, we're not going to do the love story thing because I just said love story. It wasn't like I wanted to play the this song. My engineer Harold had way too much coffee this morning. Uh, oh, yeah. Right. yeah. I remember that. You remember movie. this? Okay. Ryan O'Neill. Yeah. Ryan O'Neill and Ally McGraw. You know, it's funny. Harold, thanks. Harold, that's, that's enough. He gets all carried. You know, I watched that about a month ago. I just, I don't know why. Oh, and you know, it's goodness. really quite a good movie. I mean, it's a little sappy, yeah. but I mean, come on. I mean, what's not to like about, you know, I thought she was very cool. You know, she she was going to die and she just wasn't having him getting all, all tied up about it. <laughs> it was a good, good movie. I don't know how long, far back. Yeah. That goes back to the 70s, doesn't it? Yeah, something it like does. That. It does. So tell folks what you when you talk about everything is a love story. For people that can, people that don't sure. don't understand your work, and we'll we'll take we'll take a little break here and just kind of look at this. If you can see it, uh, let me uh, let me move you in the to the full thing here. Okay, that's my father. I'm look named at him, after him. Uh, Charles Massey. Uh, yeah, and uh, he, like Stephen Hawking, died on National Pie Day. Pie, oh. Pi uh, two points, whatever that is, one point three point one four, March fourteenth, hmm. and uh, so it's National Pie Day, March fourteenth. Yeah. Uh, so we, I went and had pie with friends, and uh, <laughs> and this is how I remember him, um, and he had relatives who died at the beginning to the middle of March, and so. I would always get the flu or some kind of bronchitis or something in the beginning and middle of March until I started remembering them, he and his great-grandparents, on my calendar. Um, so I have a family tree with them on it. Uh, I circle the days that they died. Um and I remember them. I say something about them. I send an email to the family or whatever and just say remembering them. And, and now my body doesn't have to remember them 
by getting the flu and pneumonia, which is what they died with. So I don't have to copy them with my body anymore because I found a way to remember them from my heart, uh, saying things to them, telling them thank you for hmm. passing the gift of life forward. That's the only reason I'm here is because you guys did that. And, um, and when I do that, then I can get through March, uh, you know, without laying in bed for a week. <laughs> love story so how how is this working and there's no accidents now that in the last three or four years we've really talked a lot about you know viruses and exosomes and bacteria and really coming to the awareness that whoa maybe there is there's not maybe there's nothing out there trying to kill us maybe there's just nothing out there I think you, I think his internet stopped a minute. Hold on. Yeah, it did for a second. Okay. But we'll it go. was probably a visitation from the, you know, the other side or something. Yeah, probably uh, so. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's ways to remember people in the family without copying what happens to them. So, so let's say your great nephew, uh, a number two, five, or eight conception, because that'll be in your group you being a, a second conception. So conceptions two, five, and eight in a family, or if they if they named one of them Patrick in memory of you, that's another way that the story can pass more particularly to that little one's nervous system. Mm-hmm. If they carry your name or they're in the same conception order, all of a sudden something comes up and somebody takes something out of this little kid's piggy bank and he runs into the bathroom and throws up right like his uncle patrick did when uh you know uh when he got the knock at the front door and and so it's nice when people know these family stories it's more than nice it's very healing Hmm. because we can go oh that's my great uncle patrick's reaction and he would never want me to carry that never want me to do that right so, in a way, we could invite you into the room in this session and imagine you taking that story back from him and giving a blessing for him to have a balanced response around money, around agencies, all of that. Mm-hmm. And when his imagination can really see you taking that story from him his heart monitor will turn green and his body will be free from remembering you in that way way. it's such a limited way to remember you and it's not really what you even wanted you don't want to be remembered that way so we want to get in touch with reality and go, how would my great uncle Patrick really want me to remember him? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe look at that picture that you just showed earlier, you know, there he was, a handsome young guy, you know, or here's here's one of his podcasts, or I'm going to say, you know, thank you, great uncle Patrick for, you know, 
being my grandpa's brother, you know, huh. good brother. And thank you very much. Right. And, and, you know, many people, and I'm one of them, believe that we choose our parents. I really do. I think we do. And if you go with that theory, because I can't prove that, or who can, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, right. <laughs> unless somebody remembers it, and I know some people that have, but it was yeah. just them, that I think that takes a lot of juice off of it too, because then you you can think, wow, so if I chose mom, and you know, then I did this thing with mom, and that means that I wanted to learn what I need to learn, so it's all good, right? Yeah, It's all good, it's not, you don't have to blame mom or get mad at dad or whatever, right? Or get mad at yourself or whatever you're doing because it's all, it's all part of yeah. the, the game. It's all part of the reason we're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the good thing about being in the work that I'm in is the biology always tells the truth. So if if somebody's trying to work a story and it's actually a bypass, the re- the way you can find out is the body doesn't improve. So, so what do you mean by if that? The body bypass? doesn't improve. I, I didn't I didn't catch on to whatever it was that was the real lesson, um, because the body keeps an accurate accounting, <laughs> and it, it it's not foolable. Uh, that's the other thing we agree to that we're going to have a body that uh, you, you just can't trick it. Um, so you either you know learn the story learn what you came to do, or, you know, the body can inform you, hey, you're a little bit off track here. So so if the if the if you at hand doesn't change or heal, if you want to use that term, then yes. then you still got work to do because you're not there yet. There's no you're just not yeah. there yet. Yeah. But, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the body's a faithful witness, hmm. you know? Hmm. A faithful witness, tell the truth, the whole truth. Yeah, your internet is acting up this morning, but he's freezing up a little bit. If you'd like to be on the show, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Oh, your internet got frosty again. I know, right? It's kind of exciting. Well, pretty, pretty, pretty exciting. And the body, in my opinion, is just a pure representation of who we are as soul, right? So mm-hmm. if it doesn't happen as you say, with the heart math and the heart and the soul, then it's, it's not happening, right? Nothing's, right. It, it hasn't happened. Yeah, we're yeah. kind of just, we're playing around, you know. <laughs> playing around. Taking, taking the detour in the video game, you know. Yeah, yep. you know. Just playing around. And, and as these guys who remember it all say, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's understood from the other side that it's hard to make clear decisions on planet Earth. I mean, there's just... Well, like it reminds, yeah. it reminds me of that movie, Defending Your Life, you know, with Albert Brooks and Meryl Streep, you know, where he's, he goes to Judgment City after he dies. It's a you great know, movie, great movie. They show videos of his life, and, <laughs> and the whole point was to overcome fear. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason to come to Earth, and... Uh, it, it's just such a funny show if everybody out there hadn't seen it. He's talking uh, about a movie called Defending Your Life, Albert Brooks and Meryl Streep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Albert Brooks wrote the movie. Yeah. Great, great film. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty funny. 
So his thing was to overcome fear. Yes. Yeah, he was terrified all through his life. You know, and they were showing videos of it. And his attorney was trying to reframe it all and all this. But, uh, yeah. And And at the end. end, At the end, he overcomes the fear when he goes after her, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did. And Shirley MacLaine was in the Past Lives Pavilion. (laughs) And you, you might remember that scene where... Where everybody is says, "Hey, you can take a day off in Judgment City here." Right. Where, by the way, you can eat everything you wanted and not gain weight. Not gain weight. Uh, and so, <laughs> Past Lives Pavilion is is a great place to go, and you just put your hand on this thing, and it shows you four or five of your past lives. And <laughs> Meryl Streep is Prince Valiant in a past life and she's just having the best time on right. her, you know with her sword and on her horse and she saves you know, a kid and, from fire from a fire right yeah yes yeah all this great stuff's happening for her and then in the next in the next booth there albert brooks is is uh, some naked african native running from by a lion a t- <laughs> <You know? laughs> what a great great movie it's just hilarious and then, then don't you love it? Remember when they went out to dinner and then you could eat anything you want it wouldn't gain weight. Right? Yes. And Meryl yes. Streep just kept eating pasta. That's all she did. And they, the waiter said, we have pasta. We have lots and lots of pasta. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was so funny, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, God. Want a pasta? I didn't need to watch that movie again. I haven't watched it in a long time. <laughs> Folks, watch that. Find it on whatever your favorite place, um, defending your life. It's a beauty. Richard Massey is here, Patrick Timpone on OneRadioNetwork.com. We're going to talk to a fellow uh, tomorrow. He's a weightlifter health guru guy. He has like a half a million followers up on, on the YouTube channel. And he was a vegan forever until his children's teeth start coming out brown. So he decided to look into mm. diet and nutrition and find out what he thinks about eating now. He'll be here tomorrow. His name is John Venus. Tomorrow at, at 10 o'clock. Um, I wanted to get into this love story thing and the, the internet cut out, so I think you missed it. I, I think it's um, very um, serendipitous because there's no such thing, in my opinion, as a coincidence that this whole thing with the virus and the bacteria, the exosomes, and now we're moving into, you know, maybe no such things as bad parasites, which I'm beginning to believe. I don't think I want to try to kill anything or, you know, candida, whatever. Yeah. And then your yeah. work and this whole love story thing, I mean, it's, it all makes sense, doesn't it? If everything going on in the body. So talk about how, how we can look at the body in these different molecules, whatever they be, as a love story and not something that are fighting together. What are, what are they doing? They're trying to come together and be okay, in love? Okay, so the first, the first story that happened for me, so I'm in Fredericksburg. I've started a, an integrative medicine place is what we called it, Integrative Medical Center, February of 98. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the year 2000 or 2001, is when my assistant assisted insisted that I meet Bert Hellinger and go to this constellation thing, and which I thought was a waste of time. Right. And she had also insisted that I go meet Dietrich Klinghardt in '99. Oh. I thought that seemed 
crazy to me. He looked like a <laughs> mad German scientist, you know. With his, a little with nervous the hair. About yeah. that. Oh, man, his hair was coming out the side. Yeah. That German accent, I thought, this is crazy. Why am I hang, you know, why would I go there and pay money? But, you know, I went. and um, So there was a woman who was in her 50s, and she was an ICU nurse. So I'll just point out here that whatever you chose to do in your life, in your family, your family system produced that on purpose, right? We'll get back to that later. So she's an ICU nurse, hardworking lady. But every three to four months, her blood pressure goes to twice normal, like 230 over 120. Wow. And she would go blind. You know, the blood vessels would get so tiny that her retinas wouldn't work right. Terrible headache, stress on the heart. And she would have to go be a patient in the ICU and be put on IV blood pressure medicines because none of the pills were strong enough to work. So she came to see me and I did my microscope thing and I saw that she had a lot of metals and, and I had a feeling if you know, maybe that's a little contributor, but so she came by and we started chelating out the heavy metals, doing some IVs. But I used to play the family constellations on VHS tape. This is how long ago this was on VHS VHS in the front of the IV room, and she always chose to sit right next to the TV and really listen into these constellations. Um, so I get a call one day when I'm out of town that she's got another crisis, and she has decided that she would rather die on her home than go back in the ICU for a week wow. and have all those medicines and all those invasive lines put in her. And so we tried a few natural things. Her husband was the one talking to me because she couldn't say or move or do anything. Um, and finally, what came to me was, because I knew a little bit about her story, I said, see if she will say the sentence and ask her father, is it okay with him if she dies in a different way than he did? It turns out when she was a little girl, her dad went in to get an angiogram. And that's that thing where they inject dye um, and look at your heart arteries mm -hmm. and see if they're open or closed off. And usually you just go in and get that done. You go home the same day. But when they took the catheter out of the big artery in his groin, whoever was supposed to hold pressure on that area didn't do it. And he bled to death inside of his leg, lying there on a table in front of all the medical personnel who just thought he was sedated. Mm. And he never came home. Wow. So here's this little girl whose dad goes in for just a routine health thing, and he doesn't come home. Now, what do ICU nurses do? They manage those lines. They pay attention to all of those little details. 
They make sure that the lines and the arteries and the veins go in and out properly and nobody bleeds to death from pulling, right? So she becomes that later, doesn't even see the connection. Okay, that she chose to be an ICU nurse trying to save her father's life. Now, I don't get this till later either. This is before I had recall healing or any of that kind of stuff. I didn't understand any of this. So all I said was that sentence, ask her to, to have a talk with her father. And it doesn't make sense as a sentence to me now, but that's so they were a good Catholic couple. So they, they took a picture of the father. He set her on the floor. She couldn't really see it, but he just told her, this is a picture of your father up here in front of you. And they lit candles and put them all around the father. And he said, this is what Dr. Massey said to say, these sentences. Ask your dad if it's okay if you die a different way than him. So she just sat there. She couldn't move anyway. And she's just sat there and kept saying that. And she said, the way she described it to me later was 45 minutes after first beginning to say that, she felt like this light just burst open in her chest. Mm. And it was like a huge yes from her father. She just like something came through the veil or whatever. And boom, this light and this yes from her father, like Yes, you have my blessing to live a full life. Don't be tangled up in what happened to me. In that exact moment, her blood pressure returned to normal and never went back up again. Wow. And this was happening every three or four months. That was a life-threatening, what they call malignant hypertension. The diagnosis, malignant hypertension. This is scary. It's fear. It's fear. Hmm. So it took years after doing the recall healing to realize this. Uh, and I'm glad I didn't realize it at the time. I would have likely overthought it. Mm -hmm. um, but what do people die from when they bleed to death, like her father? What do people die from when they bleed to death, like during childbirth? What do people die from when they're shot or stabbed on a battlefield? and they bleed out, what is the actual cause of death? I'll let people struggle with that for a minute. The actual cause of death <clears throat> is the blood pressure gets too low to sustain the heart and the brain. Oh, yeah, that makes they sense. Right? Die from yeah. low blood pressure wow. because all the blood is leaving the body. Hmm. What's the biological answer if a child out of love and loyalty wants to save her father's life and he's dying of low blood pressure? Raise it. What's the answer? Yes. Wow. Make a blood pressure that's high enough for two people. Wow. That's exactly what she did. Wow. And every Every time a patient in the ICU reminded her of her father, this story took her body over and she went into malignant hypertension. Her own subconscious doubled her blood pressure 
thinking that if we get a double blood pressure, it'll bring dad back to life. It'll resuscitate my father, right? Wow. So this is one of the the things that really, that's the love story where she was doing all this out of love, right? That's Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. She loved her daddy. Um, And later we would find out that that went back generations. He was not the first person to bleed out, Mm. right? And so so we did some sentences for those people further up. So these things are innocently inherited, and the biology is showing how much we love. We are born in original love, not original sin. Our bodies are going to try to save people in the family out of original love and loyalty. That's just how we roll in these bodies. Wow. I know. Just how we roll. Oh, and you know what what a challenge it is for the whole thing with the religion and sin. It's just the opposite. Just the opposite. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Just the opposite. Hmm. <laughs> Richard Massey's with us, Patrick Timpone. If you'd like to join the show, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. We can take some email questions and move on here and have more fun. Can you please ask Dr. Massey why the hospital systems are permitted? This is from... No name. Um, are permitted to continue. Oh, it just seems it seems like they have a very little to offer, and end up doing more harm. Does Ma- Dr. Massey think that we allow them to continue because we feel they are they offer employment, self-esteem, and cultural unifying features? In other words, do we keep this system out of care? For the current culture. Hmm. Never thought about it like that. Interesting. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, my, I, I spent, I've spent a lot of years struggling with the idea that one day I was going to learn enough to be a really good teacher. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I'll work on that one. Yeah. You know, and that I would really have something smart to say to people and and that would actually save my mommy. <laughs> right. So that's that's part of my inherited story because I died or nearly died at birth. And as the doctors were resuscitating me, they said he'll probably be brain damaged. Really? Oh yeah. And they actually said we could stop here and let him die, or you might end up as they said it back in that day, raising a vegetable. Really? Instead of a child. And this is my 21-year-old mother, and she's just freaking out, right? So anytime I did something smart, it really really lit her up, you know? Uh, Because she took that pain shot for labor and delivery, and that was the, quote, thing to blame. And she thought, oh, my decision has you know, damaged my son's brain. So I've had this thing that I carry for my mom that 
boy, one day I'm just going to learn so much. I'll be so wise. People will seek my counsel, right? Um, and uh, and that and you know I'm I'm working on recovering from that delusion. So um, the idea here is I would have an opinion about that, I, and I have an opinion I think that is freeing for me about the hospital system being the way it is. But that's not necessarily the opinion that will free this person to uh, agree to the hospital system as it is and, and love and respect the people who work there. So my suggestion is, is to purchase an M-Wave or be with uh, people who are trustworthy witnesses and mirrors in your life and find how you think about the hospital system mm -hmm. and you'll know the opinion that's important to you because it will open your heart yeah i like that open your heart yeah because my opinion it it, it may be valuable to me Wow. But my experience is when something is just an opinion, it tends to polarize people. I know. Um, oh, I feel oh, I agree with that. I disagree with that. And then, oh, we're in the them versus us. And, you know, well, your opinion's stupid. My opinion's, you know, da 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what's up with that? And I hear I am doing a talk show, then all you can do is have opinions. And, well, come on. What is that? Man, I got to get out, blow this popsicle stand. I, I hear you because I, I, I feel it sometimes, you know, and I'm giving these opinions and I, you know, and deep down I'm saying, Patrick, it doesn't matter what your opinion is, you know, it's like crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I would just do a talk show for 50 years, you know, just because. <laughs> God, help me. <laughs> oh, God, Isn't that funny? It's hilarious. Man. Yes, it is. Yes, well, it is. that's how you learn how to not have opinions is quit having them. You know, so just get another job. Here's something. I think this is from our last show. Let's see. God, this is so long. Don't do, oh, I'll do the best I can. This fellow wrote an encyclical. He thinks he's a poet. Oh. Hmm. Okay, at around 54 minutes, this was last week's, last month's show. Uh-oh. Dr. Massey takes, talks, he said takes, but on, I think it's talks, talks about the okay. ability of the little ones to accept the sins and sufferings of the parents for the survival of all three, biological holy trinity. What a neat concept. Did you say that? You know, so here's how I would rephrase it, and I'm, I'm glad we're not in a courtroom. You know, yeah, that's, that's what that reminds me of. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the idea is is that the nervous system, it's it's not the actual person in the womb. It's not the actual infant. That being is an infinite being. Right. But the nervous system of that little one actually is forming in the energy 
of the parents, the grandparents, the great grandparents, all the stuff is downloading into this computer in the nervous system. And when this nervous system takes on those energies, the big people don't have to suffer with them. That's why it does it's it like, out of love. It's like the yeah, it's like they're the nervous system of the little one is like a closet where we can just stuff things in there and we don't have to look at it or feel it, right? But that infant or fetus will manifest answers for that specific suffering for the rest of their life unless the nervous system gets reprogrammed. So, and it is so precise, Patrick, that uh, <laughs> so I've had several people, you being Catholic, you'll appreciate this. Several people who were between conception and one year old, the Kennedy assassination happened. Hmm. If they're seven months old when the Kennedy assassination happened, they will replay the feelings that their parents had on the day of the assassination every seven years of their life hmm. until that story is returned to their parents. And they won't know that they're doing that. That's the, that's the part that the, it, where the ignorance hurts. So at seven, they, they may assassinate a friend, a friendship on the schoolyard. You know, I'm not going to play with you anymore. You know, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to go over here and play with this group. So I'm going to assassinate this friendship as a seven-year-old. I don't, and it, it feels so real. Like, and then at 14, it could be my first girlfriend. You know, I'm done with you. Um, and <laughs> things like that repeat every seven years, and the person doesn't realize that it's because their nervous system actually is replaying the movie of their parents' reaction when they saw that on TV. And their little nervous system was forming in the ambiance of the parents' reaction to the Kennedy assassination. So we want to reprogram that so that this person doesn't do this every seven years. And it will also be triggered by new assassinations it doesn't have to be just every seven years if this person sees something on the news that's an assassination the brain will, will immediately go into replaying how the parents felt at the kennedy assassination and the person will literally believe this is how i think about this assassination that's happening right now these are my authentic feelings and whatever body parts will get involved. They could trigger some quote illness or disease in the body. And none of it is who they really are. None of it's coming from their heart. Um, it's all a nervous system program, like in the matrix movie. So this is of course the argument of why in the last 50, 75 years, this whole movement beginning, you know, in the 50s and 60s with the Beatles and, uh, you know, the love stuff and, and Ram Dass mm -hmm. and all these people to begin to wake up so we can see what's going on and make decisions yeah. and not have this subconscious stuff drive us. Because when we 
do not react, right, then we're over we're, we're overriding the nervous system, aren't we? We're overriding the subconscious. When we yes. when we don't react yeah. like this, we can just say, Okay, so here's what I think, right? Yeah. This is what spirit more awareness is all about, really, spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And when you're talking about your personal experiences and your personal love stories and your personal overcomings, it's not just an opinion. No, it's real. Yeah. It's it's your experience as a human being sharing that in our direction. Mm-hmm. And there's something beautiful and powerful about that. Yeah, which is, yeah, exactly, right? So this emailer goes on. He said, with that said, <laughs> with that said, he, he, he did the first line. I have a question sure. about abortion. What would the doctor presume causes a woman to choose to abort a child? Free will decision. Is her subconscious feeling that she does not want forgiveness and is willing to continue living in sin? Is abortion just a symptom in this case, meaning it's a necessary evil for this point in the mother's life because she hasn't uh, sought what is needed to raise the child or husband? Her husband can't provide. It's a pretty tricky question there. I don't know. But um, Yeah, and so... I, I grew up in a religious background. Me too, Catholic. That, yeah. that had a prejudice about abortion. And it was like there in my nervous system, there was an automatic judgment of anybody involved in that choice. And of course, now I've learned that my nervous system adju- you know, judgments are innocently inherited out of love and loyalty to my family they're not the loving response from the heart they're a nervous system judgment from the supreme court you know Mm -hmm. in my body this is the supreme court you know we're making a ruling i'll never forget the day i may cry on this one (laughs) it's okay i uh I won't forget the day when my Supreme Court ruling about abortions was overturned. Hmm. And it was sitting on the edge of a bed with a woman dying from tumors in three places who had had three abortions in her life and each one of those abortions when I asked her about the family story that led her to make that choice they were the family story of exactly that body part where the tumor was it was exactly that conflict dynamic and I didn't say that but I listened to it and it went into my little nervous system. Oh, this is why a tumor would be here, one here and one here. It's because there were three different times in life when she had the conflict related to that body part. 
as I'm sitting there on as I'm sitting there on her the edge of her bed, just days before she died, doing an IV and talking and she sat up in the bed and just looked at me with eyes that are like they were honest like infant eyes. I don't know if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. Yeah. She looked at me with those eyes and she said, do you think that I have cancer because of the abortions? And I remember my nervous system just, Mm. God, just going crazy all of a sudden. And and then I remember something like from the heart saying, this is your moment of choice. You can either stay with your judgments about abortion or you can love this dying woman. And I chose to love the dying woman. And I told her, no, that's not why you have cancer. And she had asked me, and I said, you know, God doesn't do that kind of thing. That's Hmm. not how this works. That's how it works. Uh, And I loved her. I chose love for her over generations of opinions about abortion that I carried out of loyalty and love for my family. And it's one of one of the moments in life I look back on and think, I'm so glad I made that choice. Oh. Then what did she do? She laid back in bed and rested. Hmm. She believed me. And I think that it helped her die peacefully. Yeah. To know that she wasn't dying because God was punishing her hmm. for something that she did. Yeah. And if I ever am in that position, I trust that Source, God, will send somebody to me who will choose love for me over my loyalty judgments I have about yeah. my present situation. Yeah. It's a beautiful story. It's all a big love story. Yes, and in this moment, I can feel the difference between rendering an opinion about that question and sharing a real human story. Mm-hmm. We're humans. We're made out of love. We're not made out of opinions. We have a lot of them, but that's not who we are. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, we do, don't we? That's not, yes. that's not who we are, who he is. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's a, sting, it's a stingy substitute <laughs> for the real human stories. I think that's the real um, motivation I know for myself and many others and certainly as a writing screenplays is mm-hmm. people just want to find someone that wants to have a relationship with who you are and not who you think you are. <laughs> right? That's good. I like that. You find that and you got it, baby. And then, then that takes unconditional love, right? That takes no judgments along the way, you know? So the, my only answer to that is just marry a dog because they got the unconditional love thing. <laughs> Doodle looks at me and it's like, okay. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, welcome you, home. Well, what are you going to do? You know, it's like... <laughs> I said, I, you got it, girl. I know, you know, you got it. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that amazing, you know, that animals, boy, they just, whew, man. Most of mm-hmm. them, you know, some of them get a little feisty, but, you know. But I'm sure crocodiles love to, you know. They have kids, too. They just yes. were never taught not to eat people. <laughs> <laughs> How would they know, you know? <laughs> no sense getting mad at them, you know, just because they will bite you when you go. That's why I don't go in the ocean much because I figure, you know, let's this okay. I mean, this, that's where you guys live. You don't want to be biting on me. That's all right. <laughs> but you snorkel. I, I, you know, I can, I, I, I can get into being down there below so I can see what's going on because I'm, I've got no fear of that. But after seeing Jaws, I didn't yeah. like the idea of my legs being hung over the side or yeah. something. No, I, know. I never should I have know. watched that movie. Never, ever, ever, I know. ever. You talk about a trauma, yeah. man, that thing. I remember the moment I saw that. It was in the 70s, right? 73, 74. You talk about, you know, rewiring your, your, your nervous system. Holy cow. Do you remember when the first time you saw that movie? Oh, yeah. And, you know, when I was a kid, <laughs> we actually believed, you know, that there were monsters under the bed. Oh, you did? Oh, good legs for, over the bed. Good for you. Off, you know, and Man. I think that was parents like, we don't want you, you know, running into our bedroom at night. So. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch out for what's under the bed. It's hilarious. Uh, here's somebody that, this is fun. Where is it? I had it and I just lost it. Uh, this one radio network.com with Dr. Richard Massey. We'll stick around for a little while longer until he usually has girls come in right at the end of the show. I don't know what he's doing for a living, but you know, I, I'm not going to even ask him. You know, it's just it's not going to, not going to ask him. <laughs> Hello. Um, where was it? I had it here. Somebody that met you. Um, <clears throat> In 2004, I had it here. 
I am Dr. Siri, C-E-R-R-E. Do you know him? And I was in your office, Dr. Massey, in 2004. Oh my. Or 2005 with Al, who built the glassware for ozone machines and was from around the Hempstead area. I was wondering if you have a written IV protocol book. I lost the one I had, and I'm trying to rebuild it. I remember most of, but would like to have them written down. I know you probably don't remember me because I was, it was only for the day. I will pay for your efforts. If you have any questions, I can be contacted. Phone number, Dr. Eric, C-E-R-R-E. I'll forward you this. So he has his oh, phone Oh, yeah, I remember? I remember Eric, yes. What's he wanting? Yeah. Uh, uh, IV? Yeah, some IV protocols. Um, and uh, holistic doctors have a lot of these. So if you have a holistic doctor friend, that's, yes, yeah, it's good to have somebody around. We got IV protocols for all kinds of things. Um, and it can be helpful on a physical level, give you a boost and kind of get you over a hump every now and then mm-hmm. it's a good thing to know and i think i do have one stashed away somewhere so if it's not lost in storage <laughs> piles uh, i can find that and you can put my number up, up there and he can contact me and, oh i'll just uh, i'll just uh i'll do that i'll just respond to this and give him your number and he can he can he can call okay. you yeah um this is from cecilia in salt lake city I've never been there. Oh. I like to go there. Well, you like yeah. to go there? A lot of Mormons there, right? A lot of Seventh Day Adventists. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and I love watching dry bar comedy. So uh, it's free on YouTube. It's called Dry Bar Comedy. Is it good? And it's in these places where it's Mormons in Utah. It's uh-huh. in Utah, uh-huh. and nobody can drink. They have lots of chocolate. Everybody has a kind of a chocolate buzz, uh, <laughs> but they're all white. And uh, and they're all sober, and and so the comedy has to be clean comedy, uh-huh. and uh, yeah. So for everybody out there, dry bar comedy, dry I bar. give it, I, I give it two thumbs, thumbs up. up. Yeah, we'll check that out. Yeah. Anyway, so see, uh, she says um, Patrick's been doing some shows with Darko Valchek about salt water, and I can talk about what I'm doing, creating plasma in the blood, water and salt, sea salt, important sea salt. Is this the same principle as when you go to the hospital, they put you on a IV? Is it the same idea? Okay, so you can look at an IV on any one of Klinghart's levels, mm-hmm. right? So if we look on a physical level, um, most of the time when something's going on with us, we are losing fluid out of our cells. And so putting some fluid back in can really help. On a story level, my origin story and your story, and I like to do a trick question with people. I tell them every time you get an IV, whether it's in the hospital, the doctor's office, or somebody makes a house call, every time you get an IV, your brain compares it to your very first IV and it replays the memory of your first IV in your body. 
When would that be? What? And so I, yeah, see, so I ask people, when was your first IV? And they wrinkle up and they go, let me see, did I get an IV that time I, you know, broke my wrist? And, and you know, they, they try to go back and think. And then after they struggle for a while, I tell them, I know exactly when your first IV was. In fact, I know exactly when everyone in Austin, when their first IV was. How do you know that? I'm Karnak the Magnificent. Karnak, yeah. Remember Karnak, that? Yeah, I know Karnak. Johnny Carson. I know Karnak. Yeah. <laughs> I know Karnak. Okay, so, so let me see if I can show this. Okay. <laughs> this is my first IV site right here. Where? Oh, yeah. Right there. That's your, that's your belly button. Yes, that's where the first IV was plugged in. And whenever I get an IV, my brain replays my umbilical IV in the womb. So part of the healing of every IV is remembering that special mother love in that IV. Ah. And that's part of the healing of it. And in fact, you know, I think I've told people here on the show that I used to give uh, umbilical cord plasma IVs to people. That was kind of a part-time thing I got in for a little while. And I figured that IV we got in the womb, today's market is somewhere, it's at least $60 million. What? Yeah, that IV is at least $60 million, probably more. Um, so when I would give an IV of a hundred cc's of umbilical cord fluid to people, and uh, their illnesses would disappear, all kinds of things would happen. Wholesale cost on that is a thousand dollars for twenty minutes. Now we were getting that IV twenty-four hours a day. Boom. Yeah. And it was even a better IV, hmm. you know, because it actually had the blood in it and everything. It wasn't all filtered. It had all the growth factors and stem cell support and all that good stuff in there. So we got an IV, at least 60 million. That's a starting. Uh, there's actually no value for that that we could put on it. Hmm. It's, it's magic. But the brain replays the feeling of that first IV whenever I get an IV. And that's part of the healing is that this remembers the time when the stem cells were fresh. This remembers the exuberance of new life. Oh, so that's why it's beneficial. The hospitals don't know this, but they still keep giving IVs because somehow the patients feel better. Yeah. And they think it's a salt or whatever. Sure, and it's partly that. Yeah, it's when partly. You're sure, yeah. You know, yeah, and and there's uses for IVs, like if you've lost a lot of blood or haven't had anything to drink for a while, you need some fluids. Mm -hmm. It'll save your life. Mm -hmm. But the other dimension of that is, is your brain replays being the little one and receiving from your mother. Wow, that's cool. Yes, it is. Isn't that cool? So a little, and so when we do the, go ahead. when we do the ultraviolet IV, and uh, that thing that Gene Barnett made, the hemolumen, which you can see on my Instagram and a lot of other places as well, we put sunlight 
in the blood while the IV fluid's coming in. So we get mom and dad in the IV because dad is sunlight. And mom is moonlight? Mom is liquid. Liquid. Mom is fluid. She's amniotic fluid. She's the IV. Dad is sunshine, right? So we put light on the blood. We put the amniotic fluid IV kind of thing back in. And and the whole body just goes, wow, I remember now when life was exuberant. Really? And, no, so you know, how do you get the sunlight into the IV? So... Um, I, you know, I think we did a, a quick demo once, but I'll show you again because it's a, and I'll just show you with the little one because the little one's easier to pick up. Gene has a fancy one that has more lights in it. And by the way, this was taken off. <laughs> this did not meet Facebook community standards. Oh, so, I'm shocked. Uh, if you have small children out there, uh, send them to another room. This is for, you know, adults uh, only people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this little device here, yeah, this is the Umatron from Longevity, and Longevity in Canada, interestingly, closed recently. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. So there's the same two ultraviolet light bulbs that sterilize your water. Right. So this IV tubing has a piece of quartz in it, and light penetrates quartz. So we run about 200 cc's of your blood through this quartz segment while it's between these two lights. Oh. And the light actually gets on your blood cells. That means you have daddy in your blood. <laughs> and, and you have daddy coming in with mother, the IV fluid. And you are the little one. In constellations, if somebody has anything going on with their body health-wise, almost always they feel bigger than their parents in their subconscious inheritance. They feel bigger? They feel bigger. If we, so, and this is true for me. Uh, so having celiac disease, alcoholism, all that stuff, when people, when I would choose representatives, I'd choose three people. Uh, I would think to myself, you represent me, go to another person, you represent my dad, go to another person, you represent my mom, but I don't tell them who or what they represent. And I sit down with the facilitator and we watch these three people interact. Invariably, the person representing me felt like the parent of the other two. I think he froze up again a little bit. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So in Constellations, I felt like the parent. I felt bigger, energetically bigger. The person representing me felt bigger. Like I could tell the two people representing my parents what to do, where to go in the room. Mm -hmm. Like I'm the one in charge. You're, you're, you know, I'm the big one here among us three. Um, and that's totally biologically not true. <laughs> and so when my brain has an image that's biologically not true, guess how my organs function? They don't do well. So the work in that little simple constellation is to give the person representing me a pillow 
and say, sit on the floor in front of these two people. And my representative would go, I'm not doing that. Hmm. I am not being a little one in front of these two people. No way. They did everything wrong. They raised me wrong. Uh, they should have been doing this. They should have been thinking this. I know better. You know, I'm not being the little one. And biology doesn't like it when there's a program in here that does not match reality. When there's a the program reality, in the subconscious and in the nervous system that does not yes. match what the truth is. Right. Doesn't match the truth. It thinks that I wiped my parents' butts, not the other way around. It, it thinks I fed my parents instead of them feeding me because I, I didn't know how to work my hands yet. You know, that's the biological reality. They're the big ones. I'm the little one. Hmm. Now, when we reenact that and make the person representing me sit on the floor and say, I'm just the little one, when that becomes authentic, really authentic, the programming changes in here. Or the facilitator, if she sees this isn't going to happen, this, this one here is never going to admit to being the little one will have me walk out there and look at the three of them and say, I acknowledge that this is my inherited story. Hmm. And I'm leaving it here today with you three. Thank you very much for everything you've given to me. I'm in gratitude. And now I say yes to my own life and leave this old story here. And then I walk out the door then the next constellation will show that the person representing me actually feels like the little one. When that happens, biology just kind of rejoices. It's like, finally, the nervous system doesn't see itself as bigger than the parents. We're finally in touch with reality. You know, there's me, there's parents, there's grandparents. That's how it goes. It's just so simple, mm. but mm. not easy, you know? Do you think that carries over to soul's um, relationship with their maybe spiritual master or divine spirit or God, same way? I don't know. The decent thought, and I'm going to leave that work to Patrick. Oh, thank Hall. you. Yeah, leave it to me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> So <laughs> you can make a screenplay about that. I will. You know? uh, trust me. Uh, here's yeah. from Anna. Does Dr. Massey, oh, he's spoken about intravenous UV. How did he discover this? And what does this do to help people? Uh, where and how could one train on doing this or getting this technology? Anna. Anna Banana. Yeah, hey Anna, that's my grandmother's name. So, oh, um, I like that name, Anna. <clears throat> yeah. So the International Oxidative Medicine Association. Easy for you to say. Yeah. You know, yes, yeah, the IOMA. IOMA. Uh huh. I know Frank Schallenberger has had classes in the past. Oh, He's yeah. in Carson City, Nevada. Yeah, we know him. Uh, Robert Rowan used to have classes on it. I don't know where the the feds have allowed him to live nowadays or not live. Uh, but Robert did <laughs> classes. Uh, I think he's American a witness Academy. protection in Omaha is where, where it is. <laughs> 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 
Poor old Robert, boy, they were on him, weren't they? Ooh, man. Yes, yes. And so those are some ideas. And, of course, just ask people in your town. Ask chiropractors and ask some of the natural health people Mm -hmm. because a lot of them know. You want to know somebody who knows how to do ultraviolet light in case you have some people come and tell you there's a novel particle coming from a pangolin from another country and it's going to kill you. (laughs) And uh and you can just go get an ultraviolet IV, and somehow yeah. it doesn't happen, and you you know you're okay. So uh, it, it's nice to know that. Um, so a lot of the natural health people keep up with at least somebody that does ultraviolet. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in Austin, Opus Wellness, my friends at Opus Wellness do uh, ultraviolet IVs, and they do Gene Barnett's with the six wavelengths of light, which is very very cool. Um, Opus, Opus, what? Uh, Opus Wellness, Dr. Santiago and Dr. Brandon, good folks. Um, Yeah, I learned about this when I went off to a seminar. I was was realizing that anesthesia was not something I could continue doing. It just was bothering me, something about it. Um, Didn't realize I was repeating my birth story was basically what was going on and uh, so I went to a seminar and met Charles Farr. Charles Farr was an MD, PhD in Oklahoma who did peroxide and ultraviolet IVs for the flu. Hmm. He got a Nobel Prize nomination for his work in animals with the flu, reversing it. Well, I ended up getting really sick at his seminar. I mean, like really, really sick. Uh, but my wife said, we're not leaving. I'm learning how to set up the holistic office. I got to stay. Uh-huh. And I was really too sick to get on a plane. So they put me in the back coughing up phlegm balls with high fever and all that. And and then on the last day, they were going to demo the peroxide and the ultraviolet. They did that IV. And in nine minutes, Patrick, I went from being gray to pink. Really? Every doctor there saw that. And I felt completely different. I felt 80% recovered in nine minutes. Um, it was amazing. Well, if we know there was no virus back then, you were detoxing. Yes. Why would this help you if you weren't killing anything? Good question, Patrick, right. talk show host guy. Good question. Yes, yes, I know. And people have struggled with that. Yeah, so a lot. Yeah. Remember that, and I'll go right to the family level, so we stay with that. If I have something going on with my body, almost always my subconscious program that I'm bigger than my parents is activated. Okay. When I get an ultraviolet IV, I'm getting mom and dad oh, back to the to my bloodstream, and I am the little one. Hmm. I am passively receiving love from my mother and my father directly into my bloodstream. And I am, in that moment, the little one. Okay. That puts my biology back in line. I'm the little one. They're the big ones. When that happens, the healing reaction that's caused by the exosomes, Mm -hmm. my own exosomes, they're doing a healing reaction that's overwhelming me. That's That's what's going on. That's what the flu is. That's what the flu is. Yeah. They're overwhelming me because I solved a dispute. Hmm. I found... (laughs) a place that was going to teach me how to open a holistic clinic. And the dispute was with staying with anesthesia. I solved the dispute by going there. 
And it was a huge dispute to solve. I had spent so many years learning to be an anesthesiologist. And now I was saying goodbye to that because I had an inner dispute going on. Right. About continuing to do this. So I solved it when I went there. As soon as I went there, I went into repair from solving that dispute. And it was huge. I mean, I wasn't sure I was going to make it. And then this ultraviolet peroxide IV, man, I went to dinner with everybody after that. Wow. It was like... It just moved everything through that quickly. Well, I wonder why peroxide would do that if we think it is killing something. Yeah. I get confused with that. A, yeah, I get confused it, with that. It sets up a cascade of biochemistry Hmm. that rebalances something i see i mean mm -hmm. you know it's yeah. a rebalancing uh we you know the human body can only tolerate a certain amount of healing if the healing goes beyond that rate or beyond that extent the person's body cannot survive it okay yeah and so when when we rebalance the healing and say okay hey hey we're going to rebalance here. Now, you're the little one. Remember this. You're the little one. Your mommy and daddy are the big ones. Let's remember that. And then we're going to set up a friendly biostry cascade and watch what happens. Mm -hmm. And in 25 years, every person that I've seen with what's called an acute infection <laughs> of any kind has completely resolved. Wow. So the case in, in extreme would be the and I experienced this with a good friend of mine who would experience what they called pneumonia. Her lungs were trying to heal, right? We're trying to heal. Uh, yes. Because she was diagnosed with uh, interstitial stuff that she got with Ooh, years yeah. ago, interstitial. So the body yeah. was always trying to heal these interstitial yes. stuff in her lungs. And then she would yes. feel terrible. They'd take her to the doctor. They said, you have pneumonia. They would give her antibiotics. She'd feel better. Right. The healing would stop. And then six months later, it would do it again. And this went on for years. Yes. Because they stopped the healing process by giving. But they thought, and that's, and you can understand why people then believe in some infection that is trying to kill her. Yes. Right? You can understand it. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's not scientific, but it's just relational. You know, well, okay, yes, she got so I understand it. So I don't give these people a hard time of believe in the germ because it's just, right. it's, it's been everywhere yeah. for, for lifetimes probably. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The organisms, Dr. Hammer, the Germanic new medicine guy, he discovered that the organisms only come to help us. Only come to help us. If they were against us, we would have never made it into human well, Yeah, form. we would. Yeah, like I say, we'd we all be dead. We'd all be dead, right? Yeah. <clears throat> we'd all be dead. So they're coming to help. And, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, messengers get killed a lot. Well, yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> and also, to the point is what brought this up about the lady uh, and the, uh, the quote-unquote uh, pneumonia, the body can get so weak and so, you know, just her lower energy level, if you wouldn't give the antibiotic, maybe she doesn't have oh, yeah. enough chi or yes. mojo She'd or be overwhelmed and, be over one and yes. just die so i mean yes. it probably yes. kept her going you know if she wasn't strong going. enough to heal Absolutely. right yeah yes 
So I had a overweight diabetic come here during the Corona, whatever. And uh, <laughs> I like the way you say it. Corona, whatever. It's he'd, corona. Well. he'd gone to the hospital, couldn't breathe very well, and her oxygen saturation was in the 80s. They did a wow. chest X-ray. She had bilateral pneumonia. Wow. And of course, they did the Corona test, whatever that means, and it was positive. So the official medical diagnosis was bilateral COVID pneumonia. Hmm. So her friend got her and brought her over here, and she had two oxygen tanks. She was on face mask oxygen, or she would go unconscious. She couldn't just do the nasal cannula. It had to be so much wow. that it was coming through a mask. Wow. And uh, so she was she was about 90 on the face mask, 89 or 90%. Oh, with, that little, with the oxygen thing, oxygen that, little, saturation. that little finger thing. Yeah, the pulse oximeter. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was nervous about it. I mean, you know, she had diabetes and was overweight and had this, you know, and just felt horrible. So we did the peroxide and the hemolumin IV, the ultraviolet and the other wavelengths. She didn't feel much better, but she left and she went home. And the next morning she sent me the photo of her pulse oximeter at 97% on room air. Really? She is, had completely recovered is that right? in less than 24 hours Wow! after a peroxide ultraviolet IV with bilateral, quote, COVID pneumonia. Um, <laughs> and so seeing things like that, and I, I watch Dr. David Martin. I like to keep up with the facts. Yeah. He shows all he, the documents. We have a video so on, showed, on our front page of him right now. Yeah. yeah. So he showed the Pfizer documents recently, and the Pfizer documents is, is they're working on weaponizing one of 26 strains of monkeypox virus is not a conspiracy. It's in their own writing. You, you can see it right on there. And uh, the idea is going to be to scare people into doing another vaccination. Um, in my experience, there is no particle yet that does not completely resolve after an ultraviolet IV. I haven't seen it in 25 years. And we're talking polio sepsis quote virus things they all clear up so just so everybody all of your listeners and watchers they know that right just so everybody gets right. that uh, but I think a, a good addendum I think in my opinion important there again I have an opinion is that you know Lanka, Cowens, Kaufman's all these people work these people's work suggests that I don't care you can't create a virus yeah. in a lab and put it in the air, catch it and give it to somebody else. That, you just can't happen, right? So maybe this is all just fear porn that, you know, it could yeah, be. And maybe it's our own, it, and maybe in us vaccinated people and people who live in a polluted environment, maybe sometimes our own exosomes working on healing and detoxing us, something gets out of balance in a process that would not have gone out of balance in an unvaccinated person ah. in a cleaner environment you right. see what i'm saying sure yeah so something about the ultraviolet light the iv fluid the peroxide all that restores a balance 
enough of a balance so that the exosomal healing and detoxification Work. is not fatal. Yeah. The person can survive it. And the thing that helps me the most is thinking about babies. I had babies. The baby gets one degree of fever, they are going to heal faster and get through their process quicker. Two degrees of fever, they're going to get through it even quicker. Really? But if they get six degrees of fever, they're going to heal so fast or detox so fast they can die from that. Oh, that's the whole idea of bringing it down maybe when it gets that high. <gasps> so the whole point of pharmaceuticals in this culture hmm. And they don't tell you this, so this would be the clearer way to see it. Tylenol and Advil will poison the healing system and slow it down. Poison the healing system. What does it do? Every medication is a toxin. It has something called an LD50, a dose that kills half the people or half the lab animals. When we put in a toxin, a chemical poison, Mm-hmm. It poisons the healing system and slows it down. It's like if you had a runaway train and put a governor on it mm-hmm. or put the brakes on it. You slow it down, right? So that way the child is going to heal for a longer period of time, but they'll survive it. The inflammatory cytokine storm of healing will not overwhelm them, right? So if we were told that, that there are no drugs that heal you, but they can be used to skillfully poison an out-of-control healing response. That's a whole different thing there yeah. than saying this magic pill is going to heal this. Well, no, it's not. It's going to poison your healing system, and you might need this for a little while. You know, But if you know about ultraviolet, you won't even need to poison yourself. Just rebalance rebalance just rebalance you know don't kill anything don't poison anything just you know rebalance frank wants to know he mentions umbilical cords umbilical cord stem cell does dr massey think that getting stem cells from an umbilical cord would help i mean i guess there's places you can go and do that right there's no question that it has a powerful effect so every exosome has a message. It carries a mess. It carries a human message. Can you imagine what the exosomes in your umbilical cord were saying to your body? Hello. They were saying hello. Man, they were dancing. <laughs> they were like celebrating that they could make fingernails and eyelashes out of a cheeseburger. They were I the- mean, they were excited to be alive. Yeah. And when you get those exosomes injected into your body, you feel excited to be alive. That's the message they're saying but to I mean, the body. If you would just go to a lab and pay a bunch of money to get some other baby's little stem cells thing, I mean, how, could, how would they match up? Did they need to? Or? So, yeah, that's a whole other We can talk about that next time if you want. Okay, but it's it, it's... Yes, no, maybe on those answer to, to oh, there, there's something to it. And uh, so I've had stem cell injections twice uh, is a powerful experience. I've had exosome injections. They're very different, um, but they're very powerful. Um, some of the people that I gave those to, they had terrible illnesses. 
that disappeared in a couple of days. Wow, really? Did you ever do the umbilical yeah. stem cell? Mm-hmm. You did? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, final question. Hi, Patrick and Dr. Massey. Several days ago, I rushed and bought a bag of rice, and the next day I had chills up to five hours with the heater the entire time. Wow. The only different thing I ate was the rice and a pear. The next day I read that the rice package, or on the rice package, that they were warning regarding Proposition 65, saying this product can expose you to chemicals including arsenic. I know I was poisoned, but why did I express chills and other cleansing mechanisms? Why would they put on this on a rice package? Oh, she's in California. Well, God knows what's going on out there. Jeez. <laughs> Move. Come to Texas. Oh, that's a, that's a California thing, right? They're trying to tell people. What do you think, Doc? That's that's a crazy email. Right? Yeah. So so whenever I I hear something like this, this is just the first thing that comes to me. Well, first thing is, I sit down with an M-wave and I journal when I get symptoms. Dear chills, or dear chills from yesterday, and I have my little M-wave on, my heart monitor. Were you related to the rice that I ate? And if my heart monitor turns on, it's like, oh my gosh, look at that. It looks like there's a connection between the rice I ate and those chills according to my own heart coherence. I have a deep response to that, right? If I don't have that, I would write something like, was it the fact that my neighbor parked in my parking place yesterday? Ding, 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 ding. It's almost always when I have body reactions for me, not saying it's for this other person, mm -hmm. it's because I, I had a dispute and I solved it. Uh, the flu symptoms come from solving disputes. So if I sit and resent my neighbor and then I work through it, I just solved a dispute. If I'm eating rice at the same time I'm doing that, the dispute is the bigger deal for me. But each person can purchase an M-Wave from the Institute of Heart Math and discover it for themselves. Yeah, tell folks what that is because uh, that's new to a lot of people. There's a, a little product called M-Wave, right? Heart Math? Heart Math? Yes, yes. Uh -huh. It's a little, um, it's, it would be called an M-Wave 2. It was their second model here. It's oh, a little cool. a little tiny thing, uh, M-Wave 2. And it's from the Institute of Heart Math. And you can get a little finger attachment for it or one that goes on, on the earlobe. Cool. Uh, and, you, and you turn this on, it measures your heart coherence, right? Yeah. And so it will change depending on what you're reading or journaling or saying or doing. Mm -hmm. And you can find out where does my heart want me to focus right now? Not my inherited nervous system program, which I know I took on stuff in the womb and during infancy that is not relevant today, but it'll still be active up here. So how do I tell the difference between where my heart wants me to go today and what this thing is telling me? Hmm. I have to go that way in order to save mommy or daddy or whatever, you know. Um, kind of so this, this yeah. little thing helps. <clears throat> kind of cool. Somebody just emailed in and said that I had your email address spelt wrong. 
which I just corrected it, being the geek that I am. It's M-A-S-S-E-Y at gmail.com. Yeah. Our listeners are very sharp. You know, they're very, very sharp. Well, they're not that sharp. sharp if they listen to me. So, you know, what can I... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> God, help us all. Um, I had one other question. No, I guess that's about it. Well, okay. what do you think? I mean, two and a half hours, I think that's enough of you and I for... For the, for, yeah, I think so. For the day. Yeah. <laughs> for the day. Thanks so much. It's just a, so much fun. I really enjoy our visits once a month. I really do. You're yeah, doing, me too. Pat. You're doing great. Good Appreciate stuff. It. Good stuff. Doc Massey uh, at gmail.com if you want to email him. So what's on your schedule today? What are you going to do fun? Anything? I'm uh, going to do a chelation challenge test on a friend. Yeah. Uh, check some heavy metals and doing family constellations tonight at Casa de Luz. Boy, you got it going on, man. Got it going on. Doc, thanks a lot, brother. I love you. Love you too, Patrick. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Dr. Richard Massey, see the real deal or what? Man, come on. Forget about it. Yes, he is. Okay. Um, <clears throat> this uh, thing has ended. Got it? So we, what are we going to do? I made some beef stew Cook for about 12 hours. And uh, I'm going to have some of that for lunch. Come on over. You can have some beef stew with me. Tomorrow we're going to talk to uh, John Venus. He's got like a half a million people on his uh, followers on YouTube. And he's a weight guy. So we'll talk muscles and diet. And, and he had a whole experience with his children, uh, his child, they were vegans and their teeth start coming out brown. So he made some changes and we'll talk about that. And then on Wednesday, what are we doing Wednesday? Let me pull up that thing. I'll show. Oh, Adam Bergstrom 2.0. He's on the third Wednesday. And Adam Bergstrom, our good buddy. And then the fellow who's doing some really interesting things with gardening agriculture that you can try. David Welsher. <clears throat> so, what do you think? Uh, again, uh, I can't uh, express enough, but I will try how much I deeply appreciate all of you who, a couple weeks ago, when we did a little fundraising thing, our cash flow was having a bad hair day. Things happen and sales were, you know, sales were just down. Who knows what, a lot of different reasons for that. A lot of folks are having a hard time and, and uh, you know, our, our listenership was, you know, good. But, uh, and so we, we just were running short on cash and you stepped up. And so thank you very much. And uh, I think the donations are going to, need to be a part of our, as we reboot for the next couple of months and kind of figure out how to become sustainable and not depending totally, totally on uh, products, sales of products, if people can't afford them or don't want them or whatever the case may be. We, have the, we think the best, but, you know, who knows? Uh, that we're going to really uh, ask uh, you, if you really like what we're doing here, to donate to us. We're not going to make it a mandatory thing or log in, none of that, 
but we're hoping we're going to be able to instill in you the idea that if you believe you're getting value from our podcast, our show, our live shows, and our videos and audios, that it'd be great to uh, exchange some some dollars for it. It'd be 10, 20 bucks a month. We think 20 is be a good thing. It's uh, well worth that. And uh, so think about doing that. You can go on our website on the donation tab and sign up for 20 bucks a month. It's like a trip to Starbucks for three of you, you know. Uh, and there's a, there's some real magic, uh, spiritual um, um, thing to that, to, to exchange value for value. We, we should exchange. Uh, I do with people that I listen to. I've, I've got three or four people I send 10 bucks a month to because I like what they're doing. I want to support them. And we're going to need to support people that are doing things other than on the mainstream media because everybody has to make a living because we've all bought into this idea of using dollars to, to buy food and make our house payment and, and you know, natural gas and all, and all the things we do, the internet and servers and geeks and uh, help and all the things we do to keep the show going. So if that uh, resonates with you, if you think you'd like to do that, go for it. That'd be great. Uh, on the donation, I think right now it's a picture of my dog, uh, girl, best friend, Doodle. Don't even like calling her a dog. She's just a human with four legs. And uh, you can sign up for a one-time thing or a monthly thing for whatever you want. Okay. Um, we'll see you tomorrow. I love you all very much. Thank you. You're doing great. And uh, this is Patrick Timpone. May the blessings be. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.